What's up, Astroverse? Welcome to episode 13 of Astrocast, a very, very special playoff edition. Uh, coming at you guys after wildcard game one and the first two games at Coffin Stadium uh, in Kansas City. I'm joined by James. What's up? What is up, Chad? It's playoff time. Oh, God, dude. I don't know. I don't know about you, but my stress level has legitimately risen by about 115% over the past week. Absolutely. Absolutely. Every that's the great thing about baseball in general, but specifically playoff baseball. Every pitch, every at bat, every swing, every managerial decision, every post game interview, every thread posted online in obscure Astros related message boards, everything is important now. And it's it's pretty stressful. It's hard to consume all of it. Yeah, for sure. There's a lot going on out there. The thing that's really interesting to me, and I was talking to my wife about this the other day, is like, if she was like saying, why can't all baseball games be like this? And I'm like, eh, I kind of like, you know, the the ability to kind of go to a game and chill out. And, um, you know, if you if you miss a half inning, going and getting a beer, it's not the worst thing in the world. It's a little different than, you know, the always on football, basketball experience. Um but I don't know, I feel like with the playoff stuff, like that sharp contrast between the two styles of games is makes it even like more difficult and more stressful, if that makes sense. Like I literally, for the first time in 10 years, had to like get up and walk away for five minutes during that, uh, that blow up inning against the Royals uh, in game two. Yes, yes. Uh, the regular season has just such a pastoral feel to it. And it's just like you're chilling out all season and plenty of exciting moments. But come playoff time, when everything becomes so much more important, there's just you just get overcome. And I've done the same thing, too. I've had to just step out, walk around, pace around, turn the broadcast of the game off because I, I, I listen <laughs> yeah. to it, you know, when I'm stepping outside. Um, I sometimes turn it off and just try to think about something else and try to remind <laughs> myself that it's it's just a game and we're going to be okay, we're going to win, just calm down. But I've been having to watch all these games at uh, at Buffalo Wild Wings. I haven't been able to watch them at, uh, at my place um, because coming on Fox Sports 1, uh, like it has been, it's it's not coming in at the hotel where I'm staying. So oh, that sucks. That is oh, no man. bueno. So I'm at a Buffalo Wild Wings in Iowa <laughs> watching it around a bunch of uh, Cubs, Cardinals, and Royals fans. Awesome. Yeah, it's fantastic. Yeah, it's got to be a it's got to be a little bit tough cuz those are all kind of mid US, Midwestern states and that's kind of where you are right now. Yeah, it's it's Cubs, Cardinals world here in Iowa where I'm at with with the Cubs and Cardinals playing they they might as well be playing the World Series it's um, right. there's a that's lot the only of, thing that exists for them right yeah there's a lot of tension a lot of tension and it's nice to be around people that are excited about baseball but I am specifically obviously excited about the Astros and we've done great so far this series against the yeah, Royals one and one going back to Houston. I like our chances uh, going forward. But just real quick, brief overview. Let's talk about the wild card game against the Yankees. Any any thoughts that are still lingering that you want to get out? Yeah, I mean, just just kind of things that I've been mulling over. Really, um, you know, I, I made the comment in the game thread. Uh, I'm pretty sure it was before the game started. This was kind of our coming out party. You know, we're so familiar with everyone on this team. 
But if you ask a lot of people, you know, who Dallas Keuchel is, ask a lot of people, um, you know, who even Carlos Correa is, I'm not sure that you would get some really knowledgeable responses from, you know, most baseball fans. So for me, at least, that's kind of like how I frame that. And, you know, no question, the way that Keuchel pitched uh, on short rest uh, and just kind of dominated that Yankees lineup once again and, uh, you know, kind of deleted them from the playoffs, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, I do think that, that Keuchel is a, is a household name now. And I think the just kind of the media and exposure that um, Correa got was, you know, was great for him as well. You know, those are, you know, a couple of players that everyone's going to be watching next year. It was funny at the beginning of this season, um, during my fantasy baseball draft, I drafted Dallas Keuchel and I was kind of pumped about it. You know, I got him for, you know, a, a really low price and the commissioner of our baseball league, who's very knowledgeable is like, dude, what are you so excited about? Who is this guy anyways? Um, and I firmly believe after that, that start against the Yankees and, and David Price faltering there in, in the, the Rangers series, that he's the Cy Young this year, you know? And, and so, I don't know. For me, at least, I was so proud of the, of the team and the way they competed in New York and and really just kind of, you know, put their foot on, on the Yankees' throat and d- didn't let them really have a chance. Um, but I'm most proud of the way Dallas Keuchel performed. Yeah, Keuchel was Keuchel. Keuchel was Keuchel, Keuchel right? was Keuchel. All of the things that I was saying about Keuchel to people that were asking me what I thought the Astros' chances were going into the wild card game, everything I said about Keuchel um, came true. It happened. I mean, the guys pitched 22 innings against the Yankees this year and allowed zero runs. That's ridiculously insane. And it's... it's um, he has a stat line that's uh, fitting for an individual who um, has, uh, you know, the respect and uh, soon to be the accolades um, that he will have from the league. Um, the guy, yep. the guy, he's. What can you say about Keuchel? Uh But I will say that it was not entirely unexpected. Really, like. I don't know. For me, for me at least, it's our first playoff game in ten years, and you're throwing your starter out there on a you know rest that he's never pitched before. I don't know. For me at least, there were a lot of unknowns, and and I didn't really have expectations of that game, especially how we kind of barely held on to the wild card. You know, I know what you're saying, um, and it's hindsight. Uh, obviously, is 2020, and I right. you know once I said it, I realized if if. Dallas Keuchel would have not performed very well, then we could probably say that that wasn't entirely unexpected. Um, sure. Just like the dominant performance that he had. Uh, to me, you know, what, I, what I'm saying when I say that is basically just the thing that I took out of that game was not necessarily um, Dallas Keuchel's dominant performance, which was great. What stood out to me was uh, that was October 6th for one day one glorious day, Mr. Carlos Gomez was a fan favorite of the R Astros subreddit. <laughs> um, yeah, he he hit a home run that day. Everybody was wondering why Carlos was even in the lineup uh, over Jake. Gomez hit that homer. Colby hit that homer, and that was kind of Colby's sort of postseason coming out party. Uh, the first of three big games the beginning for him. Of it, yeah. yeah. You know, just the way that the Astros uh, just performed throughout that game, just held it together. 
the bullpen throwing three great innings and everybody really just playing like they'd been there before and the the level of maturity that was on display against the Yankees was really what I got out of it because I came out of that game thinking we can win right we can beat anybody so we won and on to the Kansas City Royals real quick before we jump onto that though I, I wanted to get your thoughts on the strike zone in that game. Uh, I know a lot of Yankees fans, and the question was even asked of Joe Girardi after the game, manager of the New York Yankees, if the zone was a little unfair to Keuchel. Um, and personally, for me, that like really ruffles my feathers because the reason Keuchel gets pitches on the edge is because he lives on the edge. Um, and if you're really able to... To you know, be within a, a margin of error that you know that's plus or minus you know three or four inches, which Keuchel does pretty regularly, um, especially in, in lower part of the zone. You're gonna get a few extra calls, and that's completely skill based. You know, like anyone can do that. Anyone can throw at the bottom uh, corner of the strike zone over and over and over again. But not everyone does it, and. That's kind of what what bothered me the most after the game because I felt like we left no doubt as a team. We were very dominant. And then people made excuses that somehow, some way, the strike zone was a part of that win. To me, at least, kind of devaluing what the Astros did. And I wanted to kind of ask you the question if if you had any kind of similar feelings or frustrations. As a matter of fact, during the game, I was sitting next to a casual Astros fan at the Buffalo Wild Wings. And <laughs> you're one other Iowan Astros fan. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, but, you know, I mean, very casual. He didn't know who uh, Lance McCullers was. So that was that. We didn't talk too yep. much. <laughs> uh, okay, so prior to the Fangrass thing coming out, while the game was playing, I remember turning to him. He said something in a, something about, oh, you know, what was that call or something like that. I turned and said... I have never seen a pit, uh, an umpire call a more consistent game. To be honest, I saw strikes being called strikes and balls being called balls. And, you know, that game was on ESPN. They, sure. they uh, broadcast it with the strike zone graphic thing up the entire game. Mm-hmm. And there were borderline, there were calls that would be borderline that fell within that strike zone thing. And assuming that strike zone graphic is correct, then I was very, very impressed by the work right. of that umpire in that game. Which the Fangraphs article would agree with, right? Yeah, absolutely. And that, that was the interesting thing to me is like the, the worst call of the night, according to that Fangraphs article, was a pitch from Tanaka. It just so happened that the volume that Keuchel had of close pitches that could have gone either way were just much higher. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was just kind of my, like my point. It's he lives there, and so you know you're gonna feel like you're getting an unfair strike zone by virtue of him living in those spots and, and you know getting those calls because umpires reward consistency. Like you were saying, it's a very consistent strike zone. Um, and you know if you're setting up low and away and you hit your low and away target and it might have clipped the strike zone, you have a good chance of getting that call. So I don't know. It, that that was just like really frustrating for me, and it was nice to see the Fangraphs article come out and kind of support it, um, that it, this wasn't some kind of like fluke umpire support that made Keuchel so dominant. Yeah, it's not like it was uh, Doug Eddings back there telling people to take bases after they just struck out. Um, right. It was a very well-called game, and I admit that I'm 
you know, speaking through, uh, you know, I'm seeing the world through an orange slash blue tinted haze of Astros, <laughs> like drunken fandom. Yeah, I think you have to say orange now since we're against the Royals, right? Yeah. Also, orange blue is not a color. It would be considered an imaginary color. Well, let's jump. Let's jump to the next game. Then the Royals uh, thoughts on game two. I'm sorry. Game one. OK, game two of our playoffs. Game one of the series is what I meant. Yeah. Game one. It was <laughs> so surprising. It could have gone either way for McHugh. Lately, you know, we've seen McHugh come out and he has a rough, rough first inning or first couple of innings. And then he settles in and ends up going for way longer than anybody expected. But uh, McHugh really just, he pitched fine. He pitched great the whole time. Bats came around. Everybody hit. Colby hit another dinger. Jake was hitting the ball all over the place. George hit a homer. It was great. It was a party. Altuve, come on. I was really impressed with McHugh. Honestly, I think there's a little bit of a trend that we got, we lost a little bit just by virtue of his September starts. But when you go back to August, so basically 11 starts that he had in three of those, he gave up more than two runs. So eight starts of two runs or less. And that's really what we saw, you know, against Kansas City. It, it, it was no different. It's kind of we talk about vintage Keuchel as vintage McHugh to me. He gave up a couple solo shots, you know, uh, but buckled down and pitched a really solid game. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think. Uh, with anything else like going into these playoffs i was like who's our number two like i don't really consider McHugh our number two you know to me it was kind of like almost like you have bullpen by committee i felt like it was second starter by committee and you could have put in casimir by virtue of you know his veteran status even though he hasn't been pitching lately you could put in mccullers as the kind of the wild card power pitcher who i think his stuff theoretically plays really well in the playoffs uh, mike fires would be a wild card uh, but he's come up big for us and pitched well um, and, and has a little bit more experience than the younger kids. But after this game, like I sit here and I think it's like, wow, I'm kind of happy that if this series does, you know, if, if if it goes game five, we'll see McHugh twice. And I honestly, I feel good about that. You know, I'm much better than I did going into the game. The other thing that I was really excited about with this team is they went into Kansas City and punched them in the mouth. That city... And I have a lot of friends having, you know, gone to school in Northwest Arkansas. I have a lot of friends from the Kansas City area uh, that are KC quote unquote baseball fans. Uh, They're not fans of baseball. They're fans of the Royals. Mm -hmm. And the things that they were posting uh, online made me feel really good about what the Astros did. I mean, they were really dejected about their team and and the way they played. Um, So for me, at least game one, you couldn't kind of script that any better. The end result was exactly what you want a game one to be when you're playing a team that's as good as the Royals have been over the last, mm-hmm. you know, 18 months. There is a sense to me being around a lot of Royals fans here while watching the games. I heard multiple Royals fans say they peaked too early this year. It's kind of already over. You're talking about that that emotional flip because it was very interesting because the first, you know, five innings or so, Equato on the mound felt like a continuation of game one. And then uh, I don't know if you felt it, but to me, there it felt like a, a switch was flipped there uh, when when they loaded up the bases. I just I don't know who to pin game two on, and I, I don't I don't know if yeah. there's anybody that you can pin game two on, despite a lot of people's efforts. Casimir has not been pitching particularly well lately at all, and yeah. you know we know that. 
Hinch decided to start him, he could have gone with McCullers. He could have gone with Fires. He went with Kazmir. I going into the game, I liked the idea of Kazmir going up against Cueto, two rental pitchers. You know, both of which we uh, were pursuing. We ended up getting Kazmir, and I thought, wouldn't it be cool if Kazmir went out there and pitched a great game, Cueto went out there and melted down, and it proved yet again that Jeff Luno is the smartest guy in the room. Of course, that didn't happen. I mean, Cueto didn't pitch a great game. Uh, neither did Kazmir. You know, Kazmir started putting people on base. They bring in Perez. Perez doesn't make it any better. Um, Harris, Neshek, I mean, they, they just really... They they didn't help the situation at all. It was difficult watching the game deteriorate in that way, but I never felt like I was out of it. I just uh, remembered what the Royals did to the Orioles last year in mm-hmm. the wild card game, and I felt like this... You mean the A's? Oh, yes, yes, the A's. It just felt like that was happening, too. They were just getting hit after hit after hit after hit, and... What are you going to do? They're a great team. To me, it was just kind of seeing the KC style actually come out for the first time. Like mm-hmm. they, We didn't see any of that game one. That's why I say it was a little bit of punch in the mouth. Like They're kind of left wondering, how, how, how do, where do we go? What do we do? Because nothing worked game one. And game two, with you know getting the guys on base and loading them up and the walk-in, and it, it, it turned into a KC baseball game. Uh, it let the fans get into it and... Um, I'm with you. I never felt like we were out of it, but I definitely felt like we were lost. And I say that specifically when when we had the play in the outfield where George Springer was playing in um, on Escobar and it basically went to to right center um, and Mriznik couldn't quite get there. It felt like the inverse of game one where Mriznik had that huge catch and it made our outfield look a little bit silly. That to me kind of set the tone more than anything else. And it, it's from my perspective, that's where this Astros team really is. On some days, they look like they're unbeatable. They look like the team of 2015. Uh, we saw that against the Yankees. We saw that in Game 1 against the Royals. It's like, I, I believe, I, I I think that we could do a lot more than winning just the division series. And then we kind of have those few innings where the bullpen implodes a little bit. Um, our upbuild positioning isn't great. Uh, balls are fumbled a little bit. And it makes me realize how young and inexperienced this team really is so i don't know for me at least i'm less worried about what the royals figured out and maybe can carry over into game three and i'm more worried about our team putting that game behind them and getting back to playing astros baseball history has shown at least recent history this season of the 2015 astros that the astros thrive after days off history also has shown uh this season that Dallas Keuchel thrives at Minute Maid Park. Yep. And um, also history shown uh, this season that we have the capacity to come out on top of the Royals over a, over a series of games. Especially at home. Especially at home. Especially at home. So I wouldn't say that I'm worried because I'm not. Uh, I am, I'm excited. This is going to be a fantastic series, win or lose. I honestly believe that we're going to win. Not just that we can. I think we're going to. And um, I actually have a comment from a user that I'm going to save for top comments that almost, to me, kind of sheds a little bit of light on maybe why we marched Kazmir out there for game two. It's, it's pretty insightful, and it gets me pumped. It gets me ready to go back to Houston and play these games against the Royals. For the record, I feel a little bit differently than you about Kazmir. 
if I was in Luno's shoes, like the first, if you remember back to when we first acquired Casimir, his first game in an Astros uniform wasn't at home. He was on the road against the Royals, and he pitched a gem. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think we ended up losing the game, but he was a dominant picture, and I, I think kind of set the tone for what he could have been the rest of the year. So there were good vibes from that, and he also, um, you know, has that Royals lineups number a little bit. For me, at least, I expected him to give up runs. I expected Game Two to be a back and forth kind of affair. Understanding that Cueto hasn't pitched very well either. For him, at least, I felt like mission accomplished. He put us in a position to win. When he left that game, he left with a base runner on the Astros up four to two. That is a situation that a bullpen should take care of, especially a playoff bullpen. For me, at least, if we're going to assign blame for that loss, I got to put it 110% on the bullpen. Four runs should be enough to win a playoff game. So I feel like the offense did enough. There weren't any major defensive blunders. I, I really feel like the bullpen let us down in a significant way. But at the same time, it's kind of like a team thing. You lose a, a, a game by a run. There's a lot of wasted opportunity. Uh, Correa still really hasn't come alive yet. He had a couple of balls that were near home runs down the right field line. So, you know, a couple of things done differently, you know, shake out. We're coming out of KC 2-0. But um, I'm I'm with you on the perspective of game three cannot be better set up for any playoff team. You know, what we have at game three is a very unique situation. And we're going into a position of strength. Um, yep. Never has a, to at least in recent memory, has a 1-1 uh, series felt so one-sided um, going into the the next game. Although, I will say, if we're going to do anything, if we're going to win this series, and I believe that we are, Carlos Correa uh, has got to start hitting that ball. Yep. I, I just can't, even with Carlos, as young as he is, I can't chalk it up to youth. There's nothing that he does or has done that's made me go, oh, well, you know, he's young. At this point, he's just slumping, and it's okay. People slump, and he's going to come out of it in a big way. But in order for us to to win, he absolutely has to. You know, Correa himself, let's see, just in terms of average, Correa is seventh on the team, hitting two twenty two so far in this divisional series if we were to say uh just throughout the entire playoffs including the wild card carlos correa is ninth on the team in batting average with a 154 yeah guys had two hits and 13 abs the one thing that i'm optimistic about is his last at bat in kc he went up the middle and got that base knock um and jeff blum has i think it's jeff blum has kind of said repeatedly about carlos correa he has slumps he's human he's he's a baseball player like the rest of these guys but his slumps tend to be mini slumps and he comes out of them much quicker so i'm with you on that perspective i expect when we get back to houston and have that day off for him to kind of rest relax recenter his head for him to come up big and my god the the fact that we're one and one uh without really major contributions outside of a solo home run from george springer from our uh, middle of the order bats. I kind of take Altuve out of that with batting leadoff. That's pretty incredible. Obviously, Colby has been slotted up with what he's been doing, but he's he's not our three, four, five hitter. You know, he's six, seven kind of guy. Yeah, uh, he's not swinging the bat like that. But if we can just get uh, Gaddis, uh, Correa, and Springer on track, 
um, th this team will really come alive. Springer has been great. He's uh, just over the course of the last three games, he's got four hits and 13 at bats with a home run and and three yeah. RBI. Like the guy is, uh, he's third on third on the team in in hitting since the beginning of the wild card. For me, I guess I just have such high expectations. Like what Rasmus is doing now, I want to see that out of Springer. Springer has the ability to put this entire team on its back, and he hasn't quite done that yet. But I will say he's definitely one of the brighter spots offensively. All right, it's a playoff special podcast, but that doesn't mean that we won't do top comments. So, of course, we've got three for you today, comments that um, we just like. So, James, I think you got number three. Yeah, I've got number three, and this is from the user. I hate this username, but this is from the user taking underscore a underscore deuce. <laughs> Why do you hate that username? I, I don't know. I, I just, I don't know. It's it's a, right. it's a little bit I don't know, sophomoric, I guess. But a little sophomoric, gotcha. But this comment is not sophomoric at all. Very insightful. Um, people were talking at the end of game two. Why the hell did we march Casimir out there? Why this? Why that? Why us? People were really spouting some really really mean mean stuff. And the user taking underscore a underscore deuce. Um, says in response to somebody's hateful comment, he says, eh, just leave it. The choice of Casimir suggested Hinch already expected we were the dogs in this game. He's setting up the Keuchel-McCullers combo to finish it at home. And it all made sense. That's interesting. Yeah. So you, you just kind of wild card this game. Yeah, why not, right? I, it makes me wonder, you know, if would he have put Casimir out there if we had lost game one um and i, I want to say it was already announced uh before game one started but it's not set in stone and the fact that we won the first game hell second game let's put casimir out there kind of a coin flip and uh we'll set up the uh, the finishing move with keichel and mccullers at home i think it sounds good i'll buy that yeah i'll buy it too i think they saw a little bit more in casimir and saw an opportunity to win the game there with him maybe more so than mccullers on the road we see mccullers blow up a little bit mm -hmm. especially in that rangers game so uh but i, I think it's funny because you called his taking a deuce deuces username sophomore i mean is for having a sophomore username that's pretty insightful yeah he's thinking about it you know, a little bit differently than i think most people did or should yeah definitely Definitely. And he is a, uh, a fairly regular user on the subreddit. So uh, props to that guy. Thanks for listening. Taking a deuce with number three. Uh, we've got another first time top comment winner for number two. It comes from us, comes from user Dunda Mifflin. I'm not mispronouncing that. It's actually spelled D-U-N-D-A-H. I assume a homage to the office. And not only is it his first time to be on top comments, but this is the first time we've awarded a top comment to a non-Astros fan. Yeah. This is, this is a little scary. Anyways, he's a Cardinals fan, guys. He's, he's flared up as, as a Cardinals uh, fan. And here, here's the comment. Whataburger is my second home, and I hate the Rangers. Except me. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty much the gist of uh, what our late season game threads kind of turned into was like... Whataburger and Rangers hate. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Which I think is particularly apropos because I lived in North Texas for a long time and Whataburger isn't the same as it is in, you know, the Houston area as far as being beloved. I haven't, uh, Chad, I haven't had Whataburger in five years. 
Dude, it's been a long time for me too. Been a long time. I think it's been I moved I moved out here to California a little less than two years ago. So it's been almost two years. Yeah, yeah. I miss it. And so everyone who has been eating Whataburger as a game day ritual on the games that we win, like, please continue to do so. Doesn't matter what it is, just shotgun a pack of fancy ketchup if you have to. <laughs> um, make it happen, guys. Keep doing whatever it is you're doing because we're playing winning baseball. Keep doing it. I will be donning. So game game two, I changed my uh, my getup, my outfit. Uh, we will be going back to the wild card game one uh, uh, Astro shirt for sure. Yeah, and I'll be wearing my Keikel shirt again with my um with my Astros hoodie and my home navy blue cap. It'll be nice to get oh, out of the key. orange jerseys. That's key. I've got the number one comment and uh this is from the user called the New Testament. And it's in response to a comment that you made, Chad. Prior to game 2 of the American League Division Series, you posted a, uh, I'm a little bit embarrassed of this, by the way, but keep going. Yeah, it's great. You said you you made a comment. You said if this comment gets 100 upvotes, the Astros will win. You know, coming from you, like I read that, <laughs> I get it. Like it's not being cheesy or stupid. It's it's being like intelligent and witty when I read that coming from you. Yeah. Um, now the New Testament responded to your uh, plea for 100 upvotes and says. Royals fans would just create 99 accounts rather than ask for upvotes. Oh, and man. that's and that's true. That's that's brilliant. Poking a little fun at the Ash, at the All Star Game voting, right? Yeah, yeah. So it kind of made me uh made me think about creating a bunch of different accounts and just getting you the upvotes. Now, I don't believe you got the upvotes in time for the game, but it it eventually you got. Over 100 yeah, that's, upvotes. Yeah, that was kind of the thing is like it got 100 upvotes, but it took until the game ended, until after the game ended. So I, that definitely of anything else, I'm sure there's a few people who didn't get Whataburger that have access to Whataburger. Like that definitely hurt us. But I think mm-hmm. the not getting 100 upvotes is kind of the nail in the coffin, you know? Yeah. So listen, guys, when when you see Chad's username on the site and he's asking you to do something, I promise you he... He knows, so just do it. I do it. <laughs> you do it too. Let's all do this because we're in it together. Just do it. Mindless, mindless upvoting. Let, let's let's forget that the, the the post in and of itself is against Reddit's policies. Yeah, there's that. <laughs> there's that. Oh, but man. the but you know you're famous. There you go. All right, episode thirteen in the bag, guys. Uh, hopefully you have listened to this before. Um, the next playoff game, game three of the series against the Royals and Astros. Thanks for coming along uh, for the ride. And, you know, I'm, I'm hoping uh, we have some handshakes and high fives this week. Handshakes and high fives will be had all around. We're going to win this thing at home, guys. If you'd like to keep in touch with the podcast, you can email us at astrospodcast at gmail.com or you can follow us on Twitter at rastrocast. That's the letter R. Astrocast. Uh, be sure to check out www.reddit.com slash r slash astros and see what all of the users on the site have to say about the Astros before, during, and after each game. Um, thank you very much for listening. Chad, good luck to you. We'll keep in touch, man, and uh, we'll see everybody next week. Go Astros! Go Astros!